and I'm an intern at Cinema Verde, an international environmental film festival. And today I'll be speaking to Marian Lucas about her involvement in the film, The Custodians of the Andean Gold. And now I'll be turning it over to her to talk about the film. Hi, Ali, thank you for receiving me. Um, as you said, I'm uh, Marian from uh, the producing team is Cosimilia Romagna. The Italian NGO so that produces this documentary. Um, so to start, I think I need to to tell you that the documentary is actually part of a biggest project that is called Tesendo la Solidarietà in two countries, Peru and Bolivia. It's led by Progetto Mondo. It's another uh, Italian NGO, and together we decided to ask Marcella Menozzi. That is actually the film director. Uh, we asked her to do this piece of work with us in Peru and Bolivia, accompanied by one of us. Uh, it was my, my case in Peru, or a contact of us uh, in local to discover the world of uh, alpaqueros and alpaqueras, so alpacas breeders. And at the beginning, the, the project is born to support Andean entrepreneurial uh, social entrepreneurship, let's say, in these two countries um, to improve their productive chain and craft sector uh, that are based on um, the breeding of South American camelids. So it means alpacas and also vicuñas. So it was a quite big project with 12 partners and almost four years of work now. Um, so you, I think you can guess we couldn't speak about all the activities of the project in the documentary, but we we make the choice to, to bring the story of Aymara and Quechua families to a larger audience uh, in order to share their, um, the difficulties of their daily life, but also and mostly, uh, I, I'd say, their determination, uh, the love they have for their animals, their land, and, and their beautiful work and traditions. So um, I think um, it's important, it's interesting that if you saw the documentary, we are speaking a lot about mining activities, but actually it's not a topic of the, of the project Essendo la Solidarietà. But when, um, when you go, when you travel to these areas in Peru and Bolivia, uh, you can't ignore the fact that mining activity exists and that lots of alpaca breeders make the choice, uh, men mostly, ma make the choice to work in these places. Um, as a result, we considered uh, important to show this part of reality that is truly um, I, it's truly ambiguous and uh, complicated. Um, we we tried not to be judgmental, so I hope we succeeded in it. In it, it was our goal, um, but we just wanted to show the effects of this kind of of this type of productive activity on the environment, the environment where our living alpaca breeders, their families, and obviously their animals. Um, and we wanted to show also the hard choices they have to make for um, for their own um, financial sustainability, I'd say. So yeah, it's it's not always easy for them either. 
Um, what can I say? I think um, about mining activity also, what is interesting is, uh, let's say alpaca breeding is a little known reality. I think, I don't know if I'm wrong, or at least in, in Italy, it's not a really known activity. But people often know about fashion, about alpaca fibers, that is a luxury product, no? But we don't often ask ourselves uh, where the raw material comes from or who, who are the people making my clothes. We speak more and more and more, I think, and it's good about fast fashion and its consequences on human rights and especially women rights, because we know in text, textile industry, they are mostly women working. But maybe when we speak about a luxury product, so about alpaca fiber, uh, family farming or community farming, we don't really think of their living conditions. But it's not because it's a luxury product that the people working with the raw material is well paid, for example, no? And in the case of alpaca breeders, it's a complicated reality. Um, they are, um, the shearing of alpaca is just once a year, for example. So can you imagine they receive once a year money and then they have to deal with it all the, the rest of, of the year. So I think the coexistence of mining activity and alpaca breeding on the same territory is a result, not, not only, but it's uh, a result of financial uh, insecurity. What was your initial reaction to the mining community in the in this Andean region? So, um, in the documentary room, um, we we went to this place called La Rinconada. So I saw dif different mining, gold mining, especially um, places. But in the case of La Rinconada, the workers have no rights at all. So it's quite crazy to see them living there. You, you know, it's not for pleasure, like for fun or just they, they didn't have a choice, no, to, to make money, actually, because in these areas, you just have two productive activities and it's mining or alpaca breeding. And in uh, most, in lots of cases, in most cases, families are doing the two activities just to survive. It's survival, actually. So yeah, it's uh, let's say it's quite sad to observe it with your uh, own eyes. Can you provide some insight into the lives of the alpaqueras in the region? Um, my first reaction—I don't know—I think it's the first reaction you have when you go in the mountains. There, it's it's wow because. Uh, the landscape is beautiful and it's something I never saw before. No, it was the first time for me to see this kind of landscape. Like it's infinity and you just see animals far away um, just enjoying their life because the beautiful thing I think about alpaca breeding in family farming in Peru and Bolivia, it's the animals are almost free. They have lots of space. And yeah, it's beautiful image, and it's just that's why it's a it's a pity, you know, that they can't live uh, in a decent way from their work, and it's a life work because you can guess that uh, there is not this security that they can just stop working and uh, and survive. They they need to work even in an older age. Uh, 
Yeah, um, there's one part in the film where the director talks about how this tradition is slowly fading away. Do you realistically see this Abakira culture fading away completely, or do you think it's going to sustain itself? Yes, uh, that's also, it's the most important topic of the documentary, I think, in my opinion. And that's what we wanted to show also, that if alpaca breeders don't succeed to organize, it will, it's, a, it's an economy, it's a, let's say, lifestyle that will disappear one day. And how you can see in the documentary, it was not a choice of, a producing choice, or I don't know, to show just some people of a certain age. It's because the young people are all going uh, in the cities to find an, uh, another job. So it's really, it's a really complicated situation. And alpaqueros, alpaqueras, so alpaca breeders are always saying they would like to see youngsters working with them, but they don't succeed in it because young people know it's it's um it's hard work actually and uh, and it's not so satisfying about uh, of it's not satisfying for financial uh, their financial life so they need to organize and to have a direct contact with companies for example italian companies because italy is uh, quite famous about uh, fashion mode and uh, and uh, lots of alpaca fibers arrive in the in Italian companies, so they need to to create this direct contact and not passing by the big companies, Peruvian companies. In the case of Peru, but also for Bolivia, it's hard, and um, and just manage their commercial links now with the rest of the world directly without um, using intermediaries, because that's a problem now. They are just selling the fiber. Uh, it doesn't matter the quality of it, and they will receive the same price every time. Do you think there's a way for social conditions to be improved holistically with both the miners and the farmers together? Yes. Um, it's quite a complicated question, and actually, Isco Semilia Romagna, the NGO I'm working uh, for, is uh, is now partner of another project about mining activities. And um, let's say I don't have great solution, but in the case of mining, I think obviously it's uh, the government should uh, not let these informal mining activities go on and on in the country and give more security to the workers. So there is also a big work for syndicates that are not so present right now. So they are just working without security on the, on the workplace. No? And in the case of alpaca fiber, I think really they need to concentrate on, on uh, organizing themselves. And I, as I said, create these contacts. But uh, the, um, it's... It's two different, it's really strange that uh, it's two different words, but they are coexisting. Yeah, that's amazing. So what do you think that people around the world can do to bring awareness to this topic and to help the people within this region? Yeah, so 
First of all, maybe, yeah, just we need to speak about it. And like always, I think we need to to create awareness uh, with customers of clothes, like all of us. So people start thinking where it's where it, got, it comes from, no? And knows which kind of fiber it is, or if it's from it's made from plastic or plastic, or we need to learn to know what we are re- wearing every day. And uh, actually, they, it, I don't know if you heard if you've heard about it. It made me think about Peter that claims about abused uh, uh, alpacas in Peru. Um, and they filmed actually some images in a big company, big Peruvian company. So it was not family, family form. And it's essential to denounce also the abuses uh, to create awareness and prevent it from happening again. But I think we we need to speak a little bit more about uh, things that are working and going well and highlight situations in which people is doing a great job with big dedication because that they, they show something that doesn't represent the work of small communities or family breeders that are actually a huge part of alpaca breeding in Peru and in Bolivia. So yes, maybe we should start speaking about speaking a little bit more about this kind of situation where people is doing a great job, I think. Miss Lucas, thank you so much for providing insight into the, the film, The Custodians of the Andean Gold. And thank you for allowing us to show your film in our film festival this year. Thank you very much. Sorry again for my English. I did my best. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Thank you so much.